All right, it's time for your Miami Sports Pod, and we will dedicate the next half hour or so to talk just about Derrick Jones Jr. dunk on Sunday against the Raptors. <laughs> I don't think anybody would complain about that, except I don't think it's a really uh, a really great audio yeah, you story. Video. you got to have the video out there. So maybe, hey, if you're going to listen to this podcast, just play that Derrick Jones Jr. slam dunk on a loop. On a loop, and then listen to us. Do that. Uh, Will Manso, that was Clay Furrow, Dookie Lang, of course. Here with the Miami Sports Pod, we're actually going to talk NFL free agency because it is that time, Monday, setting off a flurry of uh, talks, conversations, and then eventually moves by midweek by NFL teams. We already saw some of the moves uh, taking place, Antonio Brown, as far as uh, the trade, the big move to the Raiders. Uh, but what could be happening around the landscape of the NFL, and obviously we'll center in on the Miami Dolphins, is our focus. And Clay... I start with the simple premise that I, that we'll learn soon enough if it's true. There is an idea that if the Dolphins are truly tanking, which I think we all agree they are to some extent. I mean, they have to fill 53-man roster and they have to fill the players. Obviously, they'll, they'll sign free agents likely, but the big ticket type free agents. Uh, there is this theme that because they are tanking, that they won't go after those. You buy into that theory? I, If you had asked me this question a week ago, I would have said, yeah, absolutely. They're going to go in with uh, nothing but the bargain basement guys, day four and beyond guys. Let the there is a lot of smoke out there as we record this on Sunday night about Trey Flowers, who is the number one free agent out there. And the reason why there is a bit of smoke out there, you can look at this two ways, but it all boils down to his relationship with Brian Flores and the thought that the new Dolphins head coach needs somebody like Trey Flowers to build his defense around. The reason why, if those of you who are not familiar with Flowers, he was great in New England, really came into his own the last couple of years. This past year was rated, I think, the sixth best edge defender by Pro Football Focus, mm-hmm. and he's 25 years old. And so he is the type of player that if you are going to invest in, yeah, he checks all the boxes, and a big part of that is that relationship with Flores. And this is why I'm looking at it a little bit differently now, Will and Dookie. If you're going to have a quarterback on a rookie deal, and I don't mm-hmm. think they're going to take a quarterback in this year's draft. I think they still have their eyes on next year. But if you're going to have a quarterback on a rookie deal, you can afford to have one or two big-ticket free agents or three. And those have to be at those premium positions throughout the league. That's left tackle cornerback and pass rusher edge defender and I think if you feel like you're Brian Flores you feel like you need somebody on defense to build around Flowers could be that guy now here's the other the other way you could look at this Trey Flowers agent I don't know who it is he's probably a very smart person and knows that if there is a team out there that is going to raise the leverage that Flowers and his representation have to get a bigger deal then it's going to be a team like Miami who has that sort of knowledge. So it depends on how you want to look at this. I look at at the part two of what you said more than part one, and not because I don't think the Dolphins could make a move, or they could, but cap space-wise, the Dolphins are not in an advantageous position. They're not one of the teams with the most cap space in the league that can go out there and make a big push for, as you mentioned, maybe the most coveted of free agents, certainly the top two or three, for the money and the commitment it will take to get him. Look, there's nothing that says in the rule, in the big book of tanking, when you're flipping through the pages of the big book of tanking, there's nothing. The winner without. Yes. That's amazing. Did you get that from the library? I didn't know that they. I've checked it out. The big book of tanking here. It's got specific. It's it's actually credit to the Philadelphia 76ers. There's There's no rule that says you can't go out and spend money on a player if you believe that player is part 
of the process to move forward because the reality is what is tanking? Tanking is you want to lose games so you can acquire players through the draft, preferably, obviously, with high picks to then build around. There's nothing to say that you couldn't divert from that tanking plan to then acquire a player with financial means that you build around. And Flowers would obviously fall into that category. So I'm not saying they couldn't do it, Dookie, but I'm saying if if your plan really is to tank for Tua and you really want to stink, I don't know if getting an elite player now in defense is the is the real move. And to be honest with you, uh, if you do do that and it costs you a couple of games, they can actually win a couple more games than expected. Like, aren't you kind of going against the theory of what you're trying to do? Can you imagine that the Dolphins get them and then they're decent defense and they're six and ten and they miss out on one of these QBs because they have the seventh or eighth pick in the draft instead of a top five pick? I actually have a different reason for not necessarily liking the idea of going after Flowers. Maybe not the player, but the idea. Here's the problem: if the first big move that Brian Flores makes is goes out and gets a defensive player from the New England Patriots, where he was just the defensive play caller. Well, they just got a, they just got a tight end. They just got a tight they got a tight end from. It would feel a little to me like the last guru who came into town, the offensive genius, and the only people who he wanted to call up were people with whom he was familiar, people with whom he thought he could make something work. It was one of the downfalls of Adam Gase is that. He kept going for guys who he knew because he thought that he had the the secret. And again, the comparison, I understand Flowers, like you said, is rated a very high edge rusher. I would like to see the Dolphins not. I know the Patriots are, you know, Super Bowl champs, but I don't. You looked at some of the people that hired. I mean, they're, they're going to take the Patriots mold. That's what Brian Flores the, I'm okay. Knows. I'm okay with the mold. I'm okay with the mold. I just don't want them to go after every Patriots guy because why? they win Super Bowls. I'm, I'm going to tell you why because we saw it not work with Adam Gase. Like f- go find if if the best players. What did Adam Gase get? Adam Gase constantly went and got guys that he had a yeah, connection Jay with. Yeah, Jay Cutler, he sucked. That's the, the, different the, than the, the guy tight that end that he Bowl. thought that he thought he could bring yeah, over from Denver. He sucked too. He did suck. And yeah, I, I wouldn't compare Trey Flowers to Julius Thomas. No, I I get where you're going with that, but I, but I also think that you have to look at it from from the opposite perspective there. That if you have somebody coming in, here's why free agency often fails. By the way, not David fails. We'll get to him in a little <laughs> bit. The reason why free agency often fails, spending big money on a a big ticket free agent often fails, is because you bring in players who have grown up, developed in certain systems, mm-hmm. and and they've learned a certain way, and then all of a sudden they're plugged in somewhere else, and it's not the same as the things they've done before. And some of the same stuff doesn't translate quite as well to a new system. I think in this situation, you're bringing a 25-year-old who has grown up in the Patriots system in a defense that Brian Flores ran last year and ran very, very well. So I think that concern is brought out of it. The other concern that you have when you're signing a free agent a lot of times is – how do you know their personality? You don't know these guys very well. And uh, to your point about about Adam Gase and Jay Cutler, Jay Cutler was brought in here because of necessity. They needed a quarterback, and uh, hey, Gase felt like this guy knows my system and blah, blah, blah. Cutler himself, I think it became pretty clear, didn't really love the game of football anymore. I think Trey Flowers' different situation there. What you mitigate here is the concern that you're going to be bringing in somebody that you don't know very well, may not fit in your system, may not love football. How many times have we heard that since Chris Greer and Brian Flores have have spoken to the media since they, they hired Flores? It's, we want guys who love football. We want guys who are obsessed with football. So I all I'm going to say about this that, that has kind of changed my, my view on it a little bit is – 
it makes sense to spend money on cornerstones. And I think they would view... Remember, Stephen Ross came out and said, we're not going to spend big money in free agency anymore. Uh, we're going to build through the draft, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. I think you could view Trey Flowers more as a draft pick, more as keeping your own, like the better teams do throughout the NFL, as opposed to going out and signing a big free agent from elsewhere because he's grown up in the system that Flores is going to implement. Our sponsor today, Vera Motors. When you spend your hard-earned money in a car, go to a place with a reputation. I promise you there's no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years for the best deal in South Florida. The best service, Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. To your point, you know, I get it. I get all the, the reasons why they could be in on them, but I just keep going back to the let me pick it up. The big book of tanking. And when you turn to hold on. When you yeah. turn to page four of the big book of tanking, it says Do not spend seventy five million dollars on a the on a primary objective player. is to stink. Yeah. Try to acquire the least few good players out there. I mean you don't want to get good players. You don't want to get spend that money for those kind of players what I'm saying. You got like I said, you gotta fill fifty three spots. I am mentally prepared for the Dolphins to stink this year. And I'm so mentally prepared that I will. I think I will be physically ill if the Dolphins are mediocre again. Because, <laughs> I'm with you on that. Because one. if they if they one. go out and screw up a tank and end up being mediocre, I don't. I won't know what what to do or say because that. If how how dolphin would it be? to screw up a tanking finally nail free agency the year you're trying to stink yeah. finally finally hit on all finally your free agents hit, yes. finally hit on all your free agents they're all for the right price you get all the right guys and let's face it let's, you draft let's, a bunch of projects let's be honest before Duke, before i get to let's let it, uh, the joking aside let's be serious trey flowers makes them better makes their defense better i don't care how good if he ends up being as good as he was in new england or if he even takes another step he makes them better but he doesn't make them playoff better. The Dolphins still have tons of holes that they're going to need to fill in the next couple of years via the draft, which is why they're trying to tank and get a draft pick. So if you're telling me he's going to make them better and they are going to be better, that is, again, taking away from the fact that you are actually trying to sort of stink. So it, it defeats the whole purpose. The, he, that one player, isn't making a difference anytime soon on this roster. Here is the ultimate problem, and let's boil it down for you. Is Trey Flowers the type of cornerstone player you would like to build around for years and years and years? If Flores signs him, I, 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 I I'm going to sign with yes. him. Then the obviously, yes. I, yeah, you, you tr Brian Flores knows more about Trey Flowers. He knows more about football than I certainly do, so I would trust him on that. The problem is, in the course of getting a guy who you may want to build your football team around for years and years to come, he may run counter to what is long-term productive in 2019, which is wanting to tank and lose games. So I, I think it's a smokescreen. I really don't think I, they're going to sign him. And I, I tend to agree with you. Uh, again, if you asked me to bet the mortgage today, I would probably lean more towards them not signing Trey Flowers than, than them signing Trey Flowers. I think there's certainly less than a 50% chance of that. We're not talking about Khalil Mack here. I mean, we're t I know he's a good player. Well, he's never had double-digit sacks. He's a very no. solid player. I, I wonder how much that system had to do with it. It's a great place to, as you said, grow and learn. Unless you're getting Khalil Mack, unless you're getting the best, you know, somebody out there that's a, an elite player, I, I don't know if that's the way you do. No, uh, but uh, but also, and, and I know you know this very well, but just so you know, people listening, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put as much stock into the sack numbers for someone like Flores, who is playing that position in that system. No, I get it's it. not your traditional like four-three defensive ends. Yeah. So 
I, I, the, the sack numbers don't concern me at all because if Flores comes in here and he says, I need this guy, I have seen what a defense does when we build around him, then, hey, I'm going to trust him. But I think your point is the bigger one, that in the big book of tanking, what you have to do first is get that high draft pick in order to get a quarterback in order to build for the long term of the, the franchise. Step one, so that would be page one, yeah? sentence one, find your quarterback. So, and, and here's the other thing, guys. Who are the teams that are – the other teams that are being mentioned with the Dolphins right now as far as being interested well, who's in Well, we've got the most money when you're looking at it. Colts and Jets have the most money. I, there are other teams obviously involved. It, the the three teams I've heard most prominently, the Lions, but the Jets and the Patriots and bringing him back. Yeah. So if you're the Dolphins, it does kind of benefit you to raise the price for the Jets and the Patriots if they're truly interested. So there are a number of reasons why this Jets have, makes Jets sense. Jets have a lot of cap space, by the way. Yeah, this it would make sense for the Dolphins to be the team to raise the market value of Trey Flowers if they're not going to sign him. So I, I could see it going either way. I know, hey, podcasts and, and radio shows are all made for hot takes, so sorry about that, but I, I'm in the middle on this one. I can really see it going either way. All right, I'd like to uh, reference... Uh, uh, chapter two of the uh, big book of tanking, and I think on page there, chapter right. two, page one. Yes, chapter two, page one is when is your team going to be good? I think you have to ask yourself that question because if your plan isn't a one-year plan, and I think the Dolphins' problem for the last fifteen years has been every year is a one-year plan. Let's go out and get the splashy free agent or, you know, let's let's make the big move right now. Or they, they've just it hasn't been a lack of trying. It's almost like over trying. So the question is, when are you going to be good? And when you're good, are the guys who you're bringing in going to be a part of it? So in Clay's example of Trey Flowers, if he's 25 years old and the Dolphins are like, OK, we're going to be really good in three or four years. If in three or four years he's 28, 29 under a good contract and still productive, then maybe it's something that you want to look at. Mm -hmm. But it's got to be, there has to be a bigger picture vision of who you're going to be, the types of players that you want to be. You know, one advantage, let's say say they do want to bring them in, which you're walking the tightrope of don't be too good if you're going to tank. But one of the one of the things he could do is sort of be a culture setter, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's one of the things that Brian Flores is going to want to do is he's going to want to create his version of a football team. So if he thinks that Trey Flowers is the perfect example of a player who he groomed from the very beginning of his career and made him into this you know big money guy, mm-hmm. and this is this is what a Miami Dolphin is going to look like, that would make more sense to me. But I still think. You kind of have to plan it out, and I, I agree with Will that it's it's chapter one stuff. The quarterback question. I, I agree. And I and, agree. and and one thing you can do is you can weigh. All right, we have this really good defensive player who we're going to have, but don't worry because we're going to get rid of Cam Wake, so mm-hmm. there goes some ta- sacks. We're going to get rid of Robert Quinn, so there goes some sacks. We're going to get rid of Andre Branch, so there goes one and a half sack. Mm-hmm. So if if you get if you okay if somebody like like we like we've said somebody's got to play. Right. So as long as they're not too good on defense and as long as we put garbage back there at quarterback, we'll get to our tanking goal. So it, it it's it really has to be designed. The, the, no, the, I, agree. The, I the, agree. The big picture has to be designed. When you want to succeed, how you intend to fail, and how you intend to use... I mean, it, it's it's putting together a puzzle, right? So how do you use a combination of draft picks and free agents and money to build a team? And I think what I have seen so far leading up to the official NFL week, I don't know, whatever they're calling it, the, the official start of the calendar year or whatever mm-hmm. it is, 
I have seen the Dolphins slowly start to dismantle, mm-hmm. which is the right way to go. Mm-hmm. We saw Danny, Danny Amendola gone. We saw Branch gone. We know the reports are Wake's probably not coming back. Lawson. So, uh, so slowly, slowly, slowly. Larson, I should yeah, say. They're, they're starting to, to disassemble the puzzle. And I think that's – I think we're going to – let me put you this way. I think we're going to spend more time pulling file of Dolphins players from this year who left than Dolphins players who are coming in. I agree. I agree. And, and look, they, they did come in with Dwayne Allen, which – you know, on the surface, the Allen move is a good move because I think Dwayne Allen is a good player. I think he's he's a, he's a veteran who can block, and I think he could do some things to help Miami uh, from a leadership standpoint and from a playing standpoint. But again, it it kind of shows you what a mess this franchise has been. It was just less than twelve months ago the Dolphins drafted two tight ends in the first four rounds, mm-hmm. including a guy who was literally drafted just for his blocking in yep. the fourth round. And then they go out, and, and then Nick O'Leary all of a sudden became a player. And then they said, hey, we like having him along. And then they sign Dwayne Allen a, a few months later. It's incredible how bad that looks. Now, I get it. The flip side is, hey, they recognize some mistakes they made, and they're still they're not worrying about what they just did. They're worrying about moving forward. Great. But, man, that's, that's an amazing screw-up. Oh, yeah. Well, and I go back to what Tukey said earlier in the podcast. I, I give them a ton of credit for saying, hey, look, <laughs> this ain't working. So uh, let's bring in the guys that we know we need to have in order for this to work. And and back to Doobie, Dookie's point about timing this whole thing out. You look at this and you say, okay, if Trey Flowers is a rare, elite, premium position player, and we don't think there's any shot we're going to find a way to get him in two or three years, when you're ready to, to compete, hopefully, for a division title, mm-hmm. then yeah... You can understand them doing this, but it it can't be at the expense of getting the quarterback. And, and I think ultimately, look, if you're ranking these things, it's quarterback number one, and then there is no two through eight, and then nine, ten, and eleven would be your your left tackle, your your cornerback, your lockdown corner, and mm-hmm. then your your elite pass rusher, and maybe not in that order. But if if they're sitting there saying, look, we can't afford the chance to pass up on on a generational type guy and generational may be a bit extreme but we can't afford to pass up on a young guy at a premium position that we're going to need to build around right now so we're going to roll the dice and take our chances the only thing i'd say is you better make sure that you don't mess it up you better make sure that you find a way to get up and get that quarterback on the Dwayne allen play by the way will what three catches all of last year yeah he's a blocker and a leader he's i mean it's it's absolutely a a, i don't want to say a shot but but a sign of what they feel like having durham smite there i have a hard time seeing them keeping all four of these guys on the roster so so what do you do well you bring in a dwayne allen talk about a culture setter absolutely i I love that move but also a leader for somebody like gasicki who has obviously had the trouble with blocking and obviously they need to find a way to to, was allergic to catching passes too i mean that's a a whole other thing true but but work but other than that he had a stellar rookie year but look hey how much should we talk about and and again this is a a different regime but last year danny amendola very quickly they talked about what a leader he was and 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 how things were a leader of women on the beaches <laughs> but then hey you need somebody to to kind of lead these guys and teach them in the room all right no this is what you're this is the type of leverage you're supposed to play with on this play and so i i like that move because i i think it can help accentuate somebody like a sicky help help work on the things that he needs to work on that he's weak at but yeah i mean it, it absolutely takes a look at what happened last year and you're like man what what were you guys thinking and Speak- that's and that's what i i, I like 
that they're willing right. to be critical. Right, no problem with that. Like, they should take a mulligan yep. on every decision that was made. And, you know, Chris Greer was in the room. These, these decisions were nine, ten months ago. I understand that, but Chris Greer was, in theory, in the room. So there was a little bit of a concern, I think, when he took over in his new position Okay. So just blame Gase and Tannenbaum. Well, no, no, no. I'm just saying he he was in the room when the decisions were made. So the question is, as someone who was in that room, are his fingerprints on any of the decisions? And if so, is he going to kind of double down and stick with the decision because he was in the room? Because maybe we don't we weren't in the Dolphins draft room. Maybe Durham Smythe was his pick. That was his guy. And so. I like the idea that he's willing to look at the whole picture, look at the team now, and just start picking guys off. And mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm pleased that he doesn't have some sort of false allegiance to, yeah. to decisions that he might have made in the past. Because maybe last year he was sitting in that room, and even if he didn't pull the trigger on the pick, if he said, you know what, I do like Smythe, his tape looks good. And then the whole year Smythe didn't do anything, and he's like, boy, I really screwed that one up. Yeah, well, so that's that's a good thing. I, I 100%, and let's go back to what you said originally about Adam Gase and bringing in some of the players that he had. Well, we sat here, and, and I think we all agreed that arguably – Adam Gase's biggest downfall was his allegiance to Ryan Tannehill, first and foremost, but his allegiance to players and maybe finding too much of the good in them that Adam Gase, the personnel decision maker, failed Adam Gase, the coach, because as a coach, you're supposed to find the good things in players, but personnel guys are supposed to find ways to improve the roster and bring in the better players. To your point about Greer, yeah, man, if he's in there and he's part of the scouting of these guys and he went through the interview process... Sure, man. There is absolutely a chance that you go into a situation like, no, you know what? I think there's more there. I think there. I, I think we just need to get more snaps for somebody like a Sicky, somebody like a Durham Smythe. But in this case, no, he's able to sit there and it's a collaboration. So I, I'm with you. I think it speaks very highly of the direction this this franchise is going because there is clearly a collaboration and a one mindedness that I think has been lacking for a while. I will say this though, and I, I go back to Stephen Ross's comments earlier in the off season. Uh, he pretty much set everything up for what the Dolphins were going to do. And then everybody around the front office said, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Taking, I, I, but, <laughs> S- but, slow down, old man. <laughs> if, when your boss lets the cat out of the bag and you have to try to put that cat back in, I don't buy, I'm not buying the, 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 the stuffing back in. I'm buying what came out. I, I don't think Stephen Ross said that. I mean, I know he, he probably didn't want to put in those words, and, and he clearly probably was best that he didn't say it out like that publicly. But I think it's pretty clear that that's what the plan is. Well, I, yeah, but I think that's why this week is so fascinating. Because I, I think on Wednesday, and you know what, by, maybe by the time this pod comes out on Monday, if there, there are leaks that the Dolphins and Trey Flowers have agreed to a deal, I think by Wednesday at the latest, we're going to know exactly which direction this draft. I'm going to say I'm, this I'm right now. I'm going with Stephen Ross on this. I, 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 I don't agree think with they're you. in it because I think Stephen Ross does not, doesn't want to do that. I, but but would you agree if they sign Trey Flowers, then it's, it's a sign? That that either they well, changed sign that they got into his or, ear and said and right. said look and, and look if there's anything we've learned about Stephen Ross is he's not the hardest guy to persuade. You know <laughs> this is I mean? very so true. I, I'm this gonna email him and see if I can borrow a million dollars. <laughs> just tell him the reasons why. He's he's a very he's a very easy guy to persuade. <laughs> you need you, you need to buy another big book of tanking. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's, I think I think Mr. By Ross invested in my big book of tanking. <laughs> yeah. I just this, wrote it. this is the big book of tanking written the, by uh, Will Manso. Really, Published by Ross Publishing. Yes. <laughs> Peter Levin. Look, hey, if they. <laughs> 
<laughs> Fletch would be proud of that. But look, if they sign a Trey Flowers, then I think it's a sign that they've changed course. If they don't, if they don't go out there with, because I think they're going to have money to spend because I'm th- they're going to make enough cuts. A, a lot of these guys are going to be on the way. That's true. They're, 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 they've already moved a lot of money. I, I, I don't think we're going to see Robert right, Quinn. In, 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 still, you know. Yeah, so I, they can get there. But if if Brian Flores comes in here and they do not sign an elite player at a premium position that he knows very well, who has a great reputation throughout the league, if they do not sign him, that I think that is a pretty good indicator that, yeah, they are going the tank direction and, and that Stephen Ross's original comments were what we should have taken. Which, you know, moves us to the position that's the most important, and that's quarterback. Guys, here we are, you know, a month from the draft or so, a little over a month from draft. you got the free agent period starting now in March. This is where football, the fun offseason, really begins from now through the draft. We have no idea who the Dolphins quarterback is going to be next year, do we? I mean, we had, uh, if you had to guess right now, middle of March as we tape this podcast, who the Dolphins' next quarterback would be, any, any chance that any of us get it correct right now that we guess now and then six months from now that ends up being their starting quarterback? I think I could guess in September and get it wrong. Uh, you guess yeah. before the season starts. <laughs> no, right? I, week, I can guess week? game one when yeah. the rosters are out and get it wrong. No. Do we have any idea who's playing quarterback for this team next year? No, and I think it could very well be David Fales, but I, I think it also might be, you know, you've got your, your quarterbacks who, the market has dried up quite a bit, and so you have some of those guys that level, are be Level one tank is David Fales. Level two fake tank is the guy from Michigan that they have. What's that guy's name? Jake Rudolph. Rudolph. Yeah, He's yeah, level, yeah, yeah. He is team tank. He is Stephen Ross is wearing his jersey to games, the Michigan connection and the yeah, team tank course. leader. <laughs> that, now, level level no tank is they go out and they sign a quarterback, which they're not. They're like, they can't spend money. Remember the, 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 the Foles talk. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You're, are you, were you asking Siri who is the doctor? I was, no, seriously, my phone, is, my phone is seriously turning off, and I can't, I can't Wait. figure out how to get it back on. Siri, the screen's not working. But then Siri goes, <laughs> "Okay, I have checked into no tanking." <laughs> it was. Who will be the she, Dolphins' starting quarterback next season? Ryan Tannehill is the starting quarterback for the Dolphins. Uh, sorry, Siri. I think you're yeah, wrong on that. Siri's a waffle. Now they have an updated Siri. Siri needs to listen to the Miami Sports Pod. Siri doesn't understand what the big book of tanking says. Oh, <laughs> Good luck. She said good luck and peace out. See you. Si- uh, Siri just dropped the mic on you. Thanks, Siri. It's okay. <laughs> I, by the way, I don't know how to use any of that stuff on my phone. So. <laughs> Look, I... I, I text. I, you, just, you don't know how to use any stuff. That's you just stop there. Put it this way. If they go out and they sign a Trey Flowers, then why on earth wouldn't you go out and sign a Teddy Bridgewater as yeah, well? Why, why wouldn't you sign another quarterback that could potentially yeah, be that, a starting... Cal- so it, it would just... Yeah, it, it wouldn't make much sense to go out and sign a flower. So we then, don't, you know, like, I, I do not think that the Dolphins are taking quarterback in this draft. I really think they want to build the lines. I really want to think they get they want to get young on the D line. And they, look, Clay, you've studied it more than Dukey and I have, and I think probably anybody listening. And I look into it as well, you know, just seeing what's out there for this draft. This is a very deep defensive draft. Yes. So to the point of Flowers as well is if you can get an edge-type rusher at 13, a defensive force in the middle of your line or on the edge of your line at 13, I'm not sure going out and spending the kind of money it's going to take to get Flowers is really the right move. Uh, there are so many options they're going to have at 13. And granted, look, if quarterbacks slip, I get it, but I think we all know the way it works with quarterbacks. We talked about it in another podcast before. Quarterbacks like in this day and age now don't drop to you. you got to go get them. Yeah. Last year was a perfect example. Every quarterback that got drafted early, those first that first round, Everyone traded up for Darnold, Allen, Rosen, 
ja- uh, Jackson. They were all mm-hmm. everybody drafted. Everybody moved up in the draft to get their quarterback. Mahomes the previous year we saw what happened. Deshaun Watson. You do, you got to go get your quarterback. I don't think that office is going to sit there in 13 at quarterbacks and follow them unless they reach. Unless you're talking about one of these quarterbacks that's kind of like a Daniel Jones or a Locke, one of these guys all of a sudden that drops out of the top 10 that's kind of a reach. Maybe, maybe, but I don't think that's the direction the Dolphins are going. No, and to your point about defensive linemen in this draft, this is arguably the best defensive line draft at the top that we've seen in more than a decade, and and I'll have to go back and, and look at the sheer number of guys, but you have, I don't know, six, seven, eight guys that could potentially in any other year on the defensive line go in the top five of a draft. I mean, you're talking about guys like Rashawn Gary, Ed Oliver, Montez Sweat went up there and, and crushed it in the in the all the Clemson guys I mean any of these guys in a typical draft year could go top five and nobody would question the team that took them because there is such a premium on those defensive I mean Quinnen Williams could go number one Bosa could go you have any number of guys who would go up there so the point there and this is to your original point why spend the money on a Trey Flowers when you could be sitting there at 13 and and just have one of these guys for to, fall to you or hey look if you're in the in the mood to give up a little draft capital and and jump up find your guy amongst and and it's not going to cost you 15 million dollars a year like it will for for Trey Flowers so yeah i mean if you do need that guy this would be the year to try to find him in the draft so yeah i mean all the all the signs certainly still point to them not spending the big money in free agency. I think what I've kind of come to the conclusion to uh, over the last few days, though, is whereas a week ago, a week and a half ago, I would have scratched my head and, and, and been almost in shock as far as spending the big... I could understand why you look at somebody at that position, mm-hmm. at that age, that knows the system well. And spend the money in there and say, okay, we'll, we'll take our chances. But look, I, how many times have we said this? I'd and still be surprised. Going, I'd still be surprised. But going back to your point about mediocrity, nobody, you're tired of mediocrity. I'm tired of mediocrity. Dolphins fans are tired of mediocrity. Nobody is more tired of mediocrity than Stephen Ross. So I just have a hard Which time. Which was his original message. Yeah. We're doing it all wrong. Our sponsor today, speaking of spending money, go spend your money. Here's a good place. Vera Motors, when you spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation. I promise you there's no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera Cadillac Buick GMC Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years. The best deal in South Florida, the best service. Vera Cadillac Buick GMC, Vera Cadillac Buick GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. All right, so as we wrap it up and we uh, close the big book of tanking, uh, which, which is bigger, by the way, the big book of tanking or the uh, email that my buddy used to oh, send from March God. Madness? Oh, my Lord. He's, he's, uh, a, I think the email, still, the email is still bigger. Inside joke. That's a longer preamble in the Constitution. Every email just would start out with, like, it, it, was, it was Clay's friend's pick'em league, and, and it would start like a normal pick'em league. Oh, hey, guys, it's a great, great weekend. A lot of wild games. Here are your picks. This guy writes a dissertation on the state of college basketball and and an open mic night, mind you, at the same time. Th- the jokes. Thankfully, I'm not going to send the link to this podcast. I have never I done that. Gonna... I've never done that uh, thing, and I'm, I'm very happy I haven't. But I saw the email oh. once, and I, and I deleted it. Sent it to junk to mail. The Magna the, Carta. The, 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 the longest thing I've ever seen. All right, so we'll see if the Dolphins do anything this week. Uh, we'll see. I mean, they got they got to sign some free agents. The question is how much money we'll spend on them. We will be watching. Appreciate you listening.